This episode of the Tim Fowler Show is brought to you by Wellborn Cabinet, kitchen and bath cabinetry made in the USA. Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about daily planning for remodeling. With the help of special guest Billy Andrews of Schlegel Design Remodel in Kansas City, Missouri. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. I am Tim Fowler and um, we're going to be talking about a topic that was sent in by one of the listeners. So I just want everybody to know it's not uh, worthless to send in your ideas. I do pay attention. I do listen. So if you have some thoughts, send them to me at Tim at RemodelersAdvantage.com. This listener uh, sent me an email talking about uh, his staff and how uh, he's really struggling to work with them to uh, do daily planning. And so I said, wow, we ought to be able to do something like that. So I sent out an email to a bunch of the people that I work with in Remodelers Advantage. And uh, two of the production managers gave me referrals to a couple of their uh, superstars on their team. Uh, it was really interesting when they wrote back because one of them, which is on another podcast, uh, is a site superintendent in San Francisco very big projects. Like she said to us that she has a small one coming up. It's going to be a year long. So the last one she just finished was 32 months, something like that. And then our guest for today comes more from that more typical remodeling situation where we're doing a bunch of different size jobs, a hundred to a million dollars, but anywhere in that range, which is more uh, like the lead carpenter, project manager kind of scenario. So we've, this is the second of those two that we've recorded and uh, it's really gonna be exciting to actually hear from our guests today about how they do planning. We were joking a little bit while we were getting ready for the show and that sometimes we just say, oh, go do planning. And it feels like, you know, wow, it's just that easy. And it's not easy. And there's some real challenges to it. So hopefully we can talk about some of those challenges and then talk a little bit about uh, what the solutions are. So Steve, let's jump right into this. Yeah, so Billy Andrews is currently a project manager for Schlegel Design Remodel located in Kansas City, Missouri. Billy has been with Schlegel for five years, starting with the company as a lead carpenter and was promoted to project manager after two years with the company. Welcome to the show, Billy. Thank you for having me, guys. Hey, this is really exciting. So just tell us a little bit right now, what are you doing at Schlegel? What does a project manager do there? Uh, besides wearing a lot of hats, especially through this COVID here, uh, yeah. uh, I run a crew of five guys. Um, so I have five jobs going on at one time. Uh, well, also monitoring uh, warranty, what uh, jobs are coming down the pipeline. Uh, kind of like what you said, uh, jobs range anywhere from a million dollar whole home renovation to a $20,000 uh, bathroom. 
So do you have a team that you always work with or are you guys shifting people in and out of the teams? So I, I have a team um, okay. of five guys. So I have, I have the most guys on the design remodel side of five. And then in a, another project manager has four, another one has three. So then okay. I'm floating carpenter between my guys. Okay, cool. So give us a little bit about your history because I think like we suggested earlier, you know, you were a lead carpenter at one point, but just give us some idea about your history in this business. Um, so yeah, I, I moved here from Boston. I uh, went to school for construction management. Um, and then we moved halfway across the country here. I said, you know what, it's time to hone back in on my skills here. So I uh, wanted to come back as a lead carpenter here. Um, did that for about two years, was rather successful with it. Um, and then I felt like I had more to bring to the table. So um, at that point, we, uh, I talked to Chris Peterson, uh, one of the owners here and said, you know, I feel like I can do two jobs at a time. And at, at one point it's, that's, that's breaking the mold. That's breaking of how we do things. Um, but for my generation, it's one of those things. It's, I don't want to say like to push buttons, but it's one of those I like to bring as much as I can. Uh, so that's when we started the, the super lead position at Schlegel. And that was running um, two jobs at, at, um, at one time, uh, making sure that, you know, both of those are staying on budget, staying on schedule, um, while also providing that ultimate client experience that we live by. Wow. So, so I want to talk first about the lead carpenter side of this, because uh, obviously if you were running two jobs at a time, you must have done some kind of planning for that. And then we're going to, we'll shift a little bit into the project management, but even some of the project management stuff, I still, I think still applies to the lead carpenter uh, component. But one of the big challenges for lead carpenters is putting the tools down long enough to do some planning. I mean, they just love the tools and I understand it. I, I love building things as well. How did you get past that challenge as a carpenter and, and taking time to really plan on a daily basis? Uh, I will say it was hard. It didn't just happen overnight for sure. It was, um, I know I remember having a discussion with my wife. I said, you know, we're going to, I'm going to go back into doing something that's using more of my brain more than my hands again. But um, putting down the tools was definitely difficult. It, it was about a year transition for me to kind of let go and then use, you know, the different tools they use to build their train, use my schedule, um, use my phone for communication. So it, to me, it's, it's still using the tools, but in a different, a different tool and a different aspect. Um, but so yeah, I mean, it's, it was definitely a transition, but it's, yeah. now I look at it as um, a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were a lead carpenter, did you, did you do, uh, planning on a daily basis for those jobs that you were running and when did you do it? How did, what was it mechanically? What happened when you were doing that kind of planning? So, so what we try to do, and I, I know speaking for myself is I like to show up early. I like to show up before anybody gets there, put down my list of notes that I want to have for the day, my list of phone calls that I want to make for the day. Um, and I'm a, I'm a list driven person. So I want, I, I get the satisfaction off of crossing that off my list. And if I can cross it off that list before the job starts that day, then you're start you're starting off on the right foot. And it's one of those, if you, if you don't have a, if you don't you gotta talk to somebody on the phone, make a note, you're calling them back at noon. If you don't hear from them, you're calling them back at three o'clock. 
And it's one of those things that Jake Schlegel always taught us is, you know, oh, I'll be there this week. This week is, you know, it's, it's a 40-hour week. We need to be there on Tuesday at 12.57. So it's just holding people accountable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would, I'd spend that time in the morning and I'd spend that time in the afternoon um, making sure that I'm ready for, you know, the next day. And if not, try to look a few days down the road. So uh, uh, what were the things that you were trying to make sure you were ready for? What was that? What, what were you, what were you making? You obviously you say you were making notes about what you wanted to get done. What are some other things you were making notes about and, and things you had to follow up on? Uh, subcontractors for one, just making sure the subcontractors are staying on the schedule that they had originally given us. Yeah. Uh, products that are coming in. Um, I know that when, you know, when we make our schedules, we put drop dead dates. We need to make sure that, you know, materials on site buy. Like if we have paint, for instance, when I was a lead, it was, we need paint samples up by Wednesday because we're painting on Friday. It's just, it's knowing the dates that you need to hit is the, is the crucial part for me. Yeah. And it sounded to me a little bit like you were saying, it's got to be very, very specific too, as opposed to we need paint samples sometime this week. It's, we need them on this date. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, I mean, you're tracking pretty much everything. You're tracking what labor help you're going to need, you know, when, when you need to get a, a, a dumpster switched out. So you're always one step ahead of anybody that's coming behind you. And, and you were actually just using a, a notebook, a spiral. What were you using so to we, actually document this stuff? We use Builder Trend. So we do daily logs. And on those daily logs, it's the, the tasks of the day that, that everything that I just said, the tasks that happened that day, the phone calls that happened that day, what subcontractors were on site, um, two week, one day, one, uh, one week, one day call ahead to the subcontractors. Okay. Um, it's just checking off all those boxes so that everybody or in especially Lee Carpenter is accountable for that job and has a body. Schedule. Is there a template in Builder Trend that you guys put in there for that, or are these things you have to remember to think about? We we implemented a template into Builder okay. Trend, so yeah, it's that, we're asking the same questions every day, and, and essentially it, they need to do that. That's that's part of their job. Swinging the hammer is one thing, but filling out that daily log is just as crucial. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard sometimes. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that people have told me, like, if I do that, Tim, nobody, everybody else will stop working. And if I do that, Tim, I won't ever get this job done. And all those things are just sort of the smoke screens that we throw up there in front of, you know, to kind of dismiss not doing it. But um, it's, it's all there. All right. So cool. So let's just talk a little bit about uh, both roles here, lead carpenter, mm -hmm. as well as the project manager, like how do you organize your job planning? Like what, what mechanisms do you, what's important in that job planning that you think is particularly good to emphasize? Uh, for me, for me, the job planning is just the upfront thinking about everything. It's, it's knowing the contract. So if somebody asks you a question, you don't need to go back through the contract. I know as a lead carpenter, when it used to be Jake that would come in and say, you know, how are we looking on the schedule? I don't need to go over and look at the schedule and say, okay, this is what's coming up behind me. I know what's coming up behind me. So if they come in and say like, oh, you know, you're, you're at trim. Well, yeah, I'm on schedule. But if they come <laughs> in and see that we're drywalling and it says we're supposed to be at trim, we're clearly not on schedule. 
Um, and then as a project manager, it's making sure that my guys um, are staying on schedule, that, you know, they, they have a realistic schedule there. They know it. Uh, they own it. It's, it's, you know, having trust in my team. That's, that's the biggest part for me is my guys, my five guys that I have, I have their back and, and you know, they have mine. So you mentioned in some of our pre-show communication, there's something called a VPW. What is that? Uh, it's like a volume per week. Um, so that, that gives us, you know, if, if it's, you know, if it's a $10,000 job, it's, you know, it's a week long job, but I mean, it's, we have a, when I'm on one job right now, it's a, it's a million seven and it, it says how many weeks the job should be. I will say that I'm always usually on the longer end of it. I don't believe in best case scenarios. I like to go by worst case scenarios and then hone it back in on the end. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's making sure that you're understanding that volume per week because sometimes the designers, you know, some don't have in all the time for it. So we need to make sure that we're checking what our schedule is versus what it went out the door at. So you've actually put together a volume per week. So I'm assuming it's dollar volume mm -hmm. and that's probably, and sale price. So you yeah. have like, if a job is $20,000, it should be about two weeks or it is two weeks. And that, and that's how you actually schedule? The, the, rough, roughly. That's how we initially okay. get it out the door at their contract of like, it's, it's roughly, you know, a $100,000 job is 10 to 12 weeks. I got so it. It's, it. Because we don't, we don't get that contract prior to it going out the door. Okay. Yes. And then right. the, production has to go back and make sure that we can make it happen in that amount of time. So how much time do you actually spend scheduling a job? Uh, at the get-go, I usually build a schedule three times before I put it live. I try three, to go three through, times. Yes. Um, okay. I do initially when I first read a contract, I just kind of bust a schedule out as, as quick as I can and then just walk away. And then I'll go back and I'll read through it again and I'll say, okay, you know, well, we can maybe shift something here. Um, but then it's that third time that I, I, I hone in, sit down, make sure that it's, it, it's realistic. I have the buy-in from the lead carpenter. Um, I have all the hard dates from all my subcontractors. I know all my lead times and all my products. And that's when that goes out live and everybody commits to that schedule. So how do you work with your leads to get them to commit to something they're not creating? it's, it's an open book. It's just kind of like, here's at that second, at that second time of building, I said, I want you guys to review it now. And, okay. and if they say there's nothing over time, I said, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to throw something in to make sure that they catch something. <laughs> I want them to catch something. If they don't have a question about anything, there, there's something wrong with this system. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's having their buy-in and it's, like I said, I like to be on the longer end knowing that we can usually try to make up some of those days. Okay. So as the project manager now, what tends to be your focus with your planning? What, what is it that, you know, you're one level off of the site. Uh, what tends to be your focus for that planning? Um, you know, just labor is a huge part of it right now. Um, especially with going through this, this COVID here, it's, um, it's just making sure that I have manpower where I need it. So, you know, if, if I'm in trim on one job, I have a place for, for Bob to go. If I'm on drywall at one job, I have a place for Tim to go. It's, it's just constantly monitoring so that our guys have, have places to go. And, and we're working not to just have a guy be at a job to fill space. 
Right. But to be at a job to actually produce something and, and, and actually generate. Since 1961, Wellborn Cabinet has combined modern technology with personal craftsmanship to create cabinetry that lasts a lifetime. Whether it's our solid hardwood dovetail drawers, decorative laminate veneers, all wood cabinetry, framed or frameless lines, Wellborn continues to deliver the latest styles and finishes on the market today. So when it comes to selection, the choice is simple. Wellborn Cabinet, proudly made in the USA. Okay, so Billy, I have a quick question. The three times that you build the schedule, how did you come to that? Because I, I, I think I do that subconsciously and I don't know why. So, <laughs> but I think it makes a ton of sense. So um, just kind of a brain dump it first and then you start honing. Is that something you developed or did you learn that? It is something I developed because it's, I, I know when I started as that super lead where I wasn't having the, the, the help of my project manager, I, I built one schedule. I'm like, oh, it's seven to 10 weeks. I'm like, I'll do it in six and a half. Well, that doesn't happen. Yeah. So it's, it, and I just did the schedule one time thinking like, oh, you know, I think I got this and it's a few jobs. I, I missed the schedule and it's, I don't like missing a schedule. To me, that's yeah. just one of those things that, you know, I need, if you hit the schedule, you're on budget. If you don't hit the schedule, you're not on budget. So it's, um, it just, ever since then, it's just one of those things. It's just, I just do it three times. It's just one of my traits that I'm doing every time I build the schedule. Yeah. Are you gaining information in between each time? And then you're also taking a break. So I think that helps as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what break helps. Yeah. Yeah. What are you gathering in between the uh, three times you're oh. doing it? It's, it's, get, it's getting all the continued buy-in from some of the subs that don't get back, you know, as, as easily. We try to have them send it out when we first get their bids back. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's hit or miss, 50% maybe. Uh, but then say like, okay, well, you know, you said you had seven days for drywall, but you have the whole house. So if you're dry time in here, you can be somewhere else in the house where they may think like, why well, need to leave? Yeah. I'm just trying to, to hone it in and get buy-in from everybody. I like that. Yeah, really, really cool. So what what um, systems are you using to help you with all this planning? And I'm assuming that the lead carpenters also are involved in some of these these kinds of things. What I, You mentioned Builder Trend. Mm -hmm. uh, so what do you actually use that for? Is that the scheduling? So we use that for scheduling our daily logs. Um, we're not using it for much more than that right now. Okay. Um, but a, a lot of our, our pre-planning is just even our, our handoffs and pre-cons are huge for us. I mean, okay. I try to get the binders to the guys, you know, a, a week or two before we even have our handoff internally so that they can actually read through the book. Again, they better come with a question. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's having those, those handoffs are, are lead carpenters. Once they get their binder, that, that's their job. That's their baby that they need to, that they need to take to the finish line. Yeah. So, so uh, again, in, in some of the the pre-recording, you you mentioned a pad of paper. Mm -hmm. It's something that I keyed in on. So tell tell everybody about a pad of paper. If, if if there's ever a meeting, my guys have to have a piece of paper. I even with the new generation, they say, you know, well, I'll plug it in my phone. I said, no, no, no. we need a piece of paper. We need to be taking notes remembering something because there'll be something that said that you know they didn't catch 
um, or that I'll catch or there's something that I didn't catch that they'll catch. It's just keeping notes and taking notes is just part of, you know, the everyday routine. Anytime there's a designer on site, a subcontractor, take those notes. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's helpful. It's one of the things that uh, I've tried to communicate to people. And like when I do a site visit to work with a company, we're always going to go out to dinner, you know, and I don't, I don't carry a pad of paper with me, mm-hmm. but I always have a folded piece of uh, paper in my uh, shirt pocket and a pen mm-hmm. and it's, they'll start saying something and I'll take that out and I'll just write down a few notes mm-hmm. and it really helps me serve my client better by having that information that I've just jotted down. So I thought that was a really, really important uh, part of this thing as well. And at the same time, it's, it shows that you're taking initiative to, right. to actually take the notes. Even if you're not, it, it's showing that you have interest of what they're having to say. Yeah. What, do you, what would you say to people who, who maybe they're under the gun for a schedule? Maybe they're, uh, you know, just feeling the gun you know, for trying to get a job finished up and they just say, you know, I don't have time for this either as a project manager or as a lead carpenter, you know, they'll say something like, if you want me to get done, I don't have time to do planning. What would you, what would you say to people like that? You have to make time. There, (laughs) there, there, there is only 40 hours in the work week, but you know, if we work the 41 hours to get to save, you know, three hours on that following Monday, that's what's huge. And I think people here at Schlegel at least have that buy-in. It's spend the time in the beginning to save your time in the end. And that's, that's what the, as I was a lead, I was so focused on just getting the job done when I first came here is in not looking at the schedule. That schedule is just as critical as your saw. It's just yeah. making sure that, you know, you're on that schedule. All right. So I'm going to give you a minute to think, think a little bit here, Billy, because maybe this will catch not off guard, but it might need a little bit of thought, but I'm just thinking of if you have a story that sort of exemplifies the fact that we planned really well, therefore it went well. And, and I'll give you my illustration is not me, but when they built Hoover dam, they planned the building for two years two years of planning and they finished under budget and six months ahead of schedule. And I just got to know that it was because of the planning. Now we don't ever have two years to plan a job typically, but some kind of planning up front. So any, any stories about that in when you were lead carpenter or, as project manager that like, maybe you were under the gun, you just said, no, we're going to spend some time planning and therefore it made it happen. Uh, so, yes. Surprisingly enough that, that coming to light was actually working on a remodel on one of my boss's houses. Oh, no kidding. Um, it was one of our lead carpenters got let go halfway through the project. So we just hit the brakes, uh, took the time to say, let's, let's figure it out. Let's come back in. Let's, uh, you know, get it back in. We ended up, Charlie had a, his fifth baby on the way. <laughs> um, so I know that I had to be done before that baby came out. So yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we reorganized, readjusted, adjusted the schedule. And we ended up coming in a week before uh, the original anticipated schedule was supposed to be done. So, so it was just one of those things that's just taking that step back. 
This is so fantastic because I've been dealing, I deal with a lot of production managers all over the country and I've been dealing with a bunch of them that had somebody quit or they had to fire somebody and then they took on that person's jobs without stopping back, without stepping back and saying, all right, how are we going to deal with this? So that's fantastic mm -hmm. information to, to, you know, you run into a problem and instead of just going helter skelter and trying to make something happen, drop back, think a little bit, do some planning and then execute it. I don't know, make more rationally, I guess would be one way to say it, but that that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of gets in like, like this other question that I wanted to ask was like, what advice would you give to somebody who's really struggling? It doesn't matter whether it's a lead carpenter or a project manager, but they just can't seem to either make the time or they don't think it's important enough to plan or something like that. What would you, what, what would you say to them? Just suppose you're the owner of a company and you had a bunch of lead carpenters that just didn't feel like planning. What would you, how would you encourage them or get them moving along so that they do the planning that you found so important? For me, it's just, it's, it's having, having faith in, in what we have putting out the door. It's, you know, we have these processes in place. They work. Okay. So it's, if, if, if your guy is, is having trouble trying to get it done, like you need to help coach him on that one thing. He may not be a good planner and a good framer, but you can, you can teach somebody to plan It's spend the time to, to plan. And I, and I'll say it's uh, from a project manager standpoint of like with my guys, it's, you know, I have to have faith in them. I, I can't question at the end of the day that they don't, they're not going to be on top of the schedule. Otherwise it's, that's me doing their job for them. Right. They need, they need to take ownership in their job and, and I need to take ownership of the roles that I need to do to help them make it happen. But it's, it's stepping back and making sure that, you know, letting go is hard, but making sure that those guys actually get it done and have the faith that they will get it done. Cool. Well, this has been really great, Billy. I, I appreciate you just taking, you know, some time out middle of the day just to chat with us about uh, this planning thing. And I hope, you know, the more we talk about it, the more people just pick up little bits of information from every one of these podcasts that we do and that people just get better at it. I'm, I'm a natural planner. It's just part of, I joke with people that when I'm driving down the highway, I'll get like into the exit lane a mile before the exit because I, I want to be prepared. And I, and I joke about that a little bit, but it's true. And that, but that's the way I think sort of naturally. It's hard to get people who don't think that way naturally to, to embrace it. So maybe, maybe a little bit here, a little bit there, we'll be able to help some folks. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, Billy. Thank you. So Tim, this was filled with multiple things that I, noted um a it just started uh, you just alluded to it but being list driven i am the same way uh obviously as i in my question i i really enjoy writing that schedule three times i had not heard that as a <laughs> kind of a discipline but i i really enjoy that i think it's so important because it's it's like with anything we want to sit down we want to get it done but taking a breath from it 
taking a step back, it can really evolve into a much better document, a much better plan. Yeah, there's something there's something uh, special about the threes, the law of threes, and it really does change the dynamic when you do that. When I was estimating, I used to do that same thing. I'd put the estimate together, then I'd walk away. And I went like one step further and said, all right, what did I miss? You know, and so mm-hmm. again, sort of gathering more information in the middle of that, I think was really fantastic. I think one of the other things that he really uh, emphasized was he actually did like two plan, like show up early on the job, yeah, you know, make sure he was ready for the day. And then at the end of the day, he had kind of rehashed that. You know, so like I've always been a proponent of the end of the day, but this idea of being there early and then rehashing at the end of the day, kind of a kind of a good a good setup. I think that works pretty well. Yeah. And, you know, on top of kind of the nuts and bolts or the foundation of learning how to do something or, you know, learning how to plan, learning how to estimate, whatever it is, uh, Billy adds just some, I don't know, some. uh work ethic strengths to it, you know, just yeah. being the first there, finding the time outside of the normal time. It's, those are things that just, you know, obviously make him an incredibly valuable part of that team. And I think the other thing that I did want to emphasize too, and we've heard this from other guests, but being very specific, like in your schedule, but in your planning and not just saying things like, oh, this week we're going to finish the framing. It's no, no. Wednesday by two o'clock, the framing is going to be done, right? And that way you have specific milestones and goals to hit. And many of us are driven by goals. And even if it's just to show off, we like hitting those goals. So I think that was another thing that he brought to the table as well. Yeah, yeah. And I I enjoyed the uh, VPW, the value per week measurement. That was really important as well. Um, Well, This was fantastic. We want to thank Billy Andrews for joining us today. And we always want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, at The Tim Fowler Show, we're working hard to eliminate, eh, it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.